Hi, it's Eliana. Today we're going to take a look at the history of Enki, Nin Ninma, Marduk, and Enlil. Previously we had a look at the Syrian Niborian Anunnaki history with the Voyagers book series of Ashiana Dean and that mentioned um, the origins of the Anunnaki, where they come from, which is Sirius, Niburu, and other places in the galaxy. There's many different types of Anunnaki. So we had a look at that and it also um, showed us the, the Toth, Enlil, Anki Anunnaki, part of that history a little bit. But today we're going to look at have a closer look at who is the Ea bloodline. The Enki bloodline, so it went against Enlil multiple times actually, because Enlil was given earth stewardship and guardianship of the earth. So he was almost like the ruler of the earth. When the Anunnaki came here, um, these Anunnaki, the Ea bloodline, 450,000 years ago, Enlil didn't want humans to be experimented on, and instead he preferred the reptilian Igigi, which the Anunnaki had engineered genetically to mine the gold on Earth, and they were engineered to also host the outposts with Marduk on Mars, to set up that outpost um, on Mars and a space station to helped to process and mine the gold. Once they extracted the gold from Earth to process it up there as well and to send it off to Nibiru. There was a Gigi resistance and so Anki ran the secret labs with DNA on humans, basically trying to blend DNA of the Anunnaki and the humans together to create the perfect Adamic man. Once Enlil found out he sent his son Nunurtha to fight Anki and Marduk. Marduk is a son of Anki. He didn't go up against him, but against Enlil. And yes, there was many wars between the different bloodlines on the development of how humanity evolved at the time and many disagreements between them. Enlil wanted to remove the humans from the earth through the, through the flooding and deluge, and Anki did not want his creations to be destroyed. So he warned uh, his son, who was actually Noah, and Noah uh, was to build the UFO ark ships and to save the humanoid populations from being destroyed in the flooding. The genetic engineering of humanity was begun by the Anunnaki scientist Ninma, who was Anki's half-sister. She, she did the DNA manipulation of humans with the help of Anki and Hermes. Ninma's first female human creation was Tiamat slash Eve, and it contained more alien DNA than the earlier male one, Adamu, and how the biblical Noah represents the perfection of her work because she combined Anki's DNA to create Noah. So Noah came from Enki's bloodline. And it was interesting how um, in Jenny Lee's 
recent channeling about Enki, it, we discovered that Enki had not been the one completely responsible for genetically engineering humans. So it didn't all completely come from him. And I wanted to see more into that to find out what who helped Anki to change change the primates into what we are today, um, to change them from Homo erectus, from Neanderthals to Homo sapiens. And there was many, many different primate type beings living on Earth um, a long time ago. So I wanted to see Okay, so what's the history? Where does all this come from? So let's have a look at this history. The Anunnaki has used their own divine DNA, first through DNA extraction from their own ribs, marrow, adding it through energetic transference to the ancient primates to create more humanoid looking beings, and later by direct, by direct relations with early human females. Nimha had combined Anunnaki DNA with that of an evolved ape woman to create the first Adamic humans. It is said that Nimha kept adding more and more Anunnaki DNA to the human creations until these beings resembled the Anunnaki in all points in linguistic and learning abilities, in scientific curiosity, in behaviors, feelings, and emotional bonding except the Adamic humans did not have the Anunnaki's long-lived immortality and life extension longevity in the genetic engineering of their DNA. So that is what this story is. Um, we're having a closer look at the Aya bloodline because we had already looked at the Syrian Niborian Anunnaki and the other types. This is what was happening on Earth with the Aya bloodline, working on genetically engineering the primates into humans, into Adamic humanoids. So we're having a closer look at that today. And this is separate from the Syrian Niborian Council of Anunnaki. This is the Aya bloodline of Anki, Nimha, Marduk, and Enlil. According to the Sumerian and Assyrian tablets, Anki, who is the son of the king Anu, who lives on Nibiru, had been the first god who came down from heaven to settle on earth, that is, from a planetary body at the edge of the solar system called Nibiru, whose immense and thin elliptical orbit brought it cyclically in the vicinity of Earth, Anki, despite being exceedingly knowledgeable in matters of astronomy, physics, and engineering, didn't have the biological, medical, and genetic genius his half-sister Nimha had, and she was the one who had perfected the Earth human race out of the DNA of their alien race. So basically, Enlil was given um, the project of overseeing the mining of the gold happening on Earth by the Gigi and later on the advanced humans. 
he was basically the ruler of the earth and Enki was the geneticist, the scientist working with Nimha to help her create the ge genetically advanced humanoids to genetically engineer them to be advanced. The head scientist in life sciences in the life sciences Nimha had come to Earth early on with a group of young women scientists in order to oversee medical and health matters for the Anunnaki, the seeding of medicinal and health enhancing plants whose seeds and DNA she had brought with her and later to adapt the domesticated animals to the Earth's environment. To the Earth's environment. So she was the head life sciences person and she chose to work with her half-brother Enki on these projects on the genetic engineering of humanity. It's from her work that they could jumpstart agriculture and farming on Earth. She was also the one to have elaborate, elaborated the Earth version of the elixir of immortality that the Nibirians used, specifically adapted to the Earth environment. Nibiru looks totally different than Earth. It had less oxygen there. It had more iron oxide, more carbon dioxide, stuff like that on that planet. The atmosphere was different, so they needed to have something adapted, like the elixir of immortality, to have an Earth version of that to survive on this planet on Earth because it's different from their own planetary body system. Um, so their bodies would work differently on Earth and they wouldn't have immortality so much because Earth is 3D density. So it's different from their planet. So to do so, she must have brought from Nibiru the plant or plants used to make it the elixir of immortality and get them to adapt to our planet for we know it is a plant. So it's a life extension plant and to keep them healthy and alive. This is one more reason that made her presence on Earth absolutely necessary early on because the Anunnaki couldn't keep their quasi-immortality without this plant. Again, because their atmosphere on Nibiru and the way the planet was is completely different from Earth. Their planet is much more hotter it's much more um, not filled with so many oceans and water and they needed gold to replenish the atmosphere and the sustainability of their planet. So that's why they did come to Earth to mine for gold. Some tablets state that she had also to solve the biological perturbations created by a different gravity. Again, the gravities were different between Nibiru and Earth a widely different circadian rhythm and other adaptation problems. As the Anunnaki drink a lot of wine and beer in their festivities, one can assume that she was also the one to adapt vineyards and barley on earth. We know that she was not part of the first party of 15 Nibirians who landed on earth with Enki to look for gold, but that she came with the third or fourth landing party. 
There are uncertainties about the beginning of this genetic engineering endeavor aimed at creating an Earth human species. Anki could have been the one to conceive of the plan to give a kick to intelligent evolution on Earth, and he would then have asked Nimha to come to his abode in southeastern Africa and carry out the task. The second alternative would be that he called on Nimha, who was the woman that he loved, and they both conceived of, of this very long-term plan. There are reasons to believe that they had already done some ad hoc experimentations beyond the thinking and planning before they actually got a perfect pretext to propose their plan to the Assembly of the Gods on Nibiru, presenting it as a way to solve their manpower problem, a problem so acute that it had led to a violent revolt of the Anunnaki working in the gold mines in Africa. So both the Anunnaki that were humanoid type and the reptilian Agigi. Both sets were rebelling. A meeting of the assembly, so a meeting of the assembly presided as always by Anu, the king of heaven, who reigned on the planet Nibiru, was quickly convened. So Anki, Nimha, and I think Enlil, Marduk had been there in the assembly listening in, and Anu thought, hey, great idea, create some humans, let them do the work for us instead of us, so we don't have these revolts of our people happening anymore. So thus Nimha, daughter of Anu, through the, vote, through the vote in the assembly, got the perfecting of a mixed creature, a Lulu, as a formal mission. So she was granted the ability to do these genetic engineering projects on the ape primates on Earth who were intelligent in their own way. So they got permission and Anki was to help her to do the genetic engineering and blending of the Anunnaki DNA along with the ape woman's DNA to form the first Adamic man. That was the mission and the plan. Anki built, or presumably had already built, a laboratory from for Nimha in the Abzu, Africa, in Zimbabwe, above the mining center situated in South Africa that was mining for gold and other precious minerals and resources to process and send back to Nibiru to retrofit to retrofit their atmosphere sustainability so the planet would continue functioning. Together, Nimha and Anki studied in situ the diverse generations that Nimha had created of the genetics between Anunnaki genetics and humanoid genetics. The unsuccessful ones and then the successful ones so they had some unsuccessful experiments and then they had some very successful ones that happened. Together they aimed at a greater perfection. They wanted a real intellectual, psychological, and bodily resemblance. They wanted human beings who, who could be a match for them. While Nimha was working on the bioengineering process, Anki, willing to speed up the process and to add more Anunnaki genetic material, to the line of the mixed creature at least three times as far as the tablets 
stipulated clearly, made love to female earthlings of great beauty and impregnated, and had impregnated them. One time visiting the earthlings with his vizier in the beautiful place in the wilderness they had chosen for them, he made love to two young women on the riverside. One bore a son and the other a daughter, and the half-sister married her half-brother, as goes the Anunnaki custom. They were Adapa and Titi, the first civilized humans, a new race of earthlings able to be taught writing and science. Adapa and Titi clearly correspond to Adam and Eve in so far as the first sons they beget it were called in Sumerian Cain and Abel, and that the first one murdered his brother and was sentenced to exile. The this is the biblical account matching the Sumerian one. Adapa and Titi were a fourth leap in evolution. So they were a fourth leap in evolution from the first blueprint earth human, Adamo, who marked the first successful leap in evolution, the Homo sapiens. Nimha worked on the second leap in evolution while improving on the genome of Adamo to create the genome of the first earth woman, Tiamat, or otherwise known as Eve. Adamo and Tiamat were the Adam and Eve who resided in the Garden of Eden, or Eden, being the name of Sumer, spelled E-D-I-N. The southeastern region sitting between the rivers Tigris and Euphrates, Euphrates. The biblical version in this case seems to have merged the two Sumerian couples to present only one. Adamo and Tiamat were indeed brought out of Africa to Sumer on the order of Enlil, half-brother of Anki and chief of command of Earth. So basically he was the ruler of Earth, legal heir of the king of heaven, Anu. So the legal heir to Nibiru. In the garden, in the garden in Eden, situated within Anki's territory around the city Eridu, the first Anunnaki encampment on Earth. It's now the turn of Ninges Ita, known to us as Hermes, a son of Anki, who had been trained in Africa by Nimha to concoct a third evolutionary, evolutionary leap to Adamo's and Tiamat's DNAs, this time on their two living organisms, to do so, he used Nimha's and Anki's respective DNA, extracted from their rib marrow. After this very controlled mutation, the couple reached self-consciousness and was able to procreate, something Nimha and Anki had held as a long-term aim. Not only did the Earth humans have to be an intellectual and emotional match for them, but of course, they had to start procreating and furthering this evolution by themselves. Afterward, the generation of Adapa and Titi, the fourth leap, will populate the earth. The departure of Adamo and Tiamat towards Sumer, Eden, mostly to be shown as the great achievement they were, didn't stop the work done in Africa. Nimha had replicated their genomes and created seven female clones of Tiamat 
and seven male clones of Adamu. A clone has necessarily the sex of the original individual, being its perfect DNA replica to function correctly. Fourteen goddesses, assistants of Nimha, offered to be their carrying mothers and gave birth to them. Later, these clones were put to work in the gold mines, as had been the plan voted by the Assembly of the Gods of Nibiru. A fifth leap in evolution is achieved with Zazuzadra, the biblical Noah, who will survive the deluge. Zazadra is the perfect man. Just as Adapa in Titi, he is directly engendered by Enki, his mother, the queen of Shurapak, Nimha's city, was residing at Nimha's temple abode while the king had been lowered to another city to oversee a major construction project. Like all previous generations, Zauzadra was raised and trained by Nimha herself. Enki got such a liking for him that he taught him personally diverse sciences, disclosed to him some of the Anunnaki sacred knowledge, and finally saved him from the deluge. Thus, Zauzadra was the fifth successful genetic mutation and yet the fourth Adamic generation or creation, because the third mutation was implemented on the living organisms. It appears clearly that the fourth generation, Zauzadra, marked indeed the achievement of the great work, alchemical in essence, that Nimha and Enki had relentlessly pursued from the birth of Adamu about 300,000 years ago up to the birth of Zauzadra in 54,000 BCE. It is worth noting that the first earth humans, especially Adapa, Titi, and Zauzadra, who had been engendered sexually by an Anunnaki making love to an earthling, had been, all of them, birthed and raised by Anunnaki goddesses and had a longevity that we would attribute to mortals. Moreover, a few humans were said to have been taken up to heaven, either temporarily or to live forever. So, humans taken up to heaven, I presume this would be Nibiru, most likely, going to the planet Nibiru, getting the elixir of immortality, and extending their life, um, the ability to live longer. I'm assuming that's what it means to go up in heaven, to go to Nibiru for a visit on an actual planet. The result was that their lifespan was increased immensely, as happened to Adapa, or they became quasi-immortals like the gods, such as Zauzadra, Noah. We find accounts in the Sumerian and Akkadian tablets of such earthlings blessed with, near blessed with the near immortality. About Adapa, the first civilized man, the tablets state that he at first, Ea Ankis, has given wisdom, eternal life he had not given him. So he had not given Adapa eternal life or immortality through genetic manipulation. But later in Adapa's life, Anki did, did him a great favor. As the years went by, Ea decided to avert Adapa's mortal end by providing him with a Shem, a fiery stone or rocket ship with which he was to reach the heavenly abode of Anu. Presumably he went to Nibiru. 
there to partake of the bread of life and the water of life. When, a, when Adapa arrived at Anu's celestial abode, Anu demanded to know who had provided Adapa with a Shem with which to reach the heavenly location. Again, again I'm assuming Nibiru. We learn from the Epic of Gilgamesh that Utnapshatim Zazadru Noah, who survived the deluge circa 11,000 BCE, had in his possession a plant of longevity and that the King Gilgamesh, this very late descendant, living around 2,900 BCE, will receive the secret and the plant from Utnapshatim's own hands. Utnapatim's own hands, even if he lost it soon after. He will also get a first-hand account of the deluge, stating the decision of Enlil to wipe out humanity, and how Anki gave him the information and helped him to build a submersible, the ark. So Anki gave Noah plans of how to build an ark, a submersible ark ship, a ship that can go underwater, house all the humans, the animals, the DNA, the genetics, the plant life, take samples of everything, go underwater, stay there until the deluge is over, then come back and rebuild, rebuild the Anunnaki lineage. So that was what Anki gave to Noah, his genetic son. Utnapetztim is one of the rare mortals to have been taken along by the gods to reside with them on Nibiru, while Adapa just stayed there, just stayed there temporarily and then returned to Earth. So Noah's Ark wasn't a boat that was built from wood. It was an actual ship. That it was an ark ship, a literal ark what we are now calling the ark ships that are resurfacing on Earth, Mars, Neptune, and other planets. They're heating up the atmosphere, they're heating up the environment around them, and they're being activated and resurfacing, and their heat signatures are being picked up. So that's what the type of ark ship, similar to that, what Anki instructed Noah to build to survive the de deluge with his family and the other genetically engineered humans. Let's thus keep in mind that apart from these exceptions, the first earth humans who had been barred from being immortal by a collective decision of the Anunnaki had nevertheless an immense span of life. So they didn't live as long as the Anunnaki, but they still had extended lifespans because of the genetic engineering and the mixed Anu blood in their genetics, as well as the ape, intelligent ape woman who this began from. So this is the history of Anki, Nimha, Marduk, and Enlil. It's a, it's a very diverse and rich history. I wanted to focus in on this history today to see what these guys had been doing on Earth 450,000 years ago. And if somebody else had helped Enki with the genetic engineering of humans, and yes, indeed, it was Nimha, his half-sister. Um, and apparently Enlil opposed this genetic engineering of the humans, 
Marduk was somewhere in the middle of this. Um, he wanted a chance to have a place to rule on Earth as well. He was given Mars instead. It, it's quite the complex history um, because Marduk was in charge of the Mars outpost and the space station to make sure the Gigi were properly processing the gold and stuff to send back to Nuburu. That was Marduk's place in all of this stuff. Um, so every one of these beings had their own roles to play in the mission of Earth and why they came here in the first place, which was to mine for gold. And they needed other hardy workers to do it because the Anunnaki didn't want to do it after a while. So again, a complex history and a very interesting one. Um, again, since I had that intuitive channeling with Source Creator, I learned that um, Anunnaki are immortals. They're very long-lived. They can live for thousands of years. They can scent their soul essence into different bodies, incarnate bodies or not. They can build bodies from energy. They can do genetic energetic transference, reverse engineer DNA. They can also incarnate at will, knowing their own history, who they are, where they come from. And not each incarnation is the same essence of what they were thousands of years ago. Uh, even though the, they have memories of who they were and what they did on Earth, on Earth they might not have the same mission parameters and what they're doing now is what they did back then, 450,000 years ago. So their mission parameters might be very different from what the old Earth history states. They might not be the same in terms of personality even. They might have a slightly different personality depending on the incarnation they're in, doing their own stuff. Um, so the mission might be different, the agenda might be different, their reality might be different. They're not the same as they were before, as what was shown. So it's quite interesting to look at their history and see what the Anunnaki were like and what they were doing 450,000 years ago. Thank you so much and namaste.